I am the host of the Pariah Peaks, and I've invited one of my best friends to come on the episode this time to talk about the power of passports and the life of being of a half sea. She is the queen of Excel, my favorite travel buddy. It took some time. <laughs> uh, a friend that I've had since I was in grade five and probably one of my lo- like longest long distance friendships of all time. I've invited my friend, her name is Hannah Jean Dias, to the call. Hi, Anna. Hi, Patty. How are you doing? I'm okay. I can't believe we're actually recording this. And never, it, this I, act, I love the intro, though. I really do love the intro. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a little nervous because I've never recorded for a podcast before. So this is going to be interesting. It's okay. Like, um, for me, it's this podcast is really a place of just being yourself. So welcome to my show. Um, Thank uh, you. None of this is, is like actually planned or there's no spiel written this time. So I hope the listeners get a gist of how we are as friends. Um, um, <laughs> conversations never take a few minutes. So for the folks listening here, we really had one and a half hours of sound testing, quote unquote. <laughs> Han, uh, can you tell everybody a bit about yourself? Where were you born and where did you grow up? Where are you now? Okay, cool. Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me as a guest. And I'm so honored to be here as one of your guest stars. I mean, like, I've listened to your podcast. I'm a huge supporter, huge fan. So I'm going to tell everyone out there that, yes, please listen to her podcast because the people she interviews, the the guests she has, and just speaking from her own life experience is so such a great thing to hear. And it's it's really nice to hear her point of view. So I would encourage everyone listening to just give it a go because she really has a lot to say. And I'm not just saying that as her best friend, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan. I'm <laughs> the ultimate hype woman in my life. I look at my phone and she's like, you got this, you're hot, you're pretty. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the, this is the boost I needed. <laughs> okay, so about myself. So I was born and raised here in Dubai, UAE. I am actually half Filipino, half Indian. My mother's from the Philippines. She actually comes from Bulacan. And my dad is from Goa, India. So my parents both met in Dubai, and I've pretty much lived here my whole life. I've do- gone to school here. I finished my bachelor's and master's degree. I've worked here my whole life. I've not really experienced living outside of the UAE until now. I mean, like, of course, I've traveled to various places all for vacation or short term trips, but I've never actually lived abroad before. What can I tell you about myself? What else can I tell you? I am. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not really ashamed of my age. I'm in my 30s. I'm 32 <laughs> years old at the moment, but I've got two younger brothers. I'm the only daughter. And um, I currently work in finance. And in my free time, I like to, honestly, I'm, I can be very lazy if I want to be. So I can go a whole weekend without doing anything but just watching TV. Not ashamed of it, but yeah, I can actually do that. Hannah has this like, crazy party trick. It's a it's a party trick that I wish I had. Like Hannah can actually eat a bucket of chicken and a whole box of of pizza and still look good in a bikini. Like hours later, I really need to know what you do because I don't look anything like that after a bucket, like half a bucket. 
Okay. Eating okay. could be a hobby. Honestly, I would do it. I mean, like, if it was a hobby, it would just, it would be my favorite hobby in the whole world. Hobbies are eating fried chicken and pizza. Exactly. Exactly. That would top the list, though. I, I mm. love it. Yeah. Food is life. <laughs> like, what people don't know is that Anna and I actually studied together in St. Mary's High School since we were grade five and I was the annoying kid who didn't want to stop bothering her and saying, hi, 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 hi. What's your name? What's your name? We, even if I knew her name, I'd just say like, uh, did you do your homework? And she used to make these like, really <laughs> snappy jokes. She's like, are you the cop police? Or, sorry, I'm sorry, are you the homework police? And I was just like, okay, but did you do your homework? <laughs> so she, she's, we've been friends for so long and this real, this whole friendship has gone and it's like ups and downs and highs and just complete dormant, just complete dormant during university years. Um, oh yeah. But um, let's go back. Growing up in the UAE with international friends and schoolmates, like did you ever have a spiel? Like how would you introduce yourself when you were growing up? As in like my background? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, so when people are like, so where, um, did when you're going to be like, hi, I'm Hannah. And did you ever lean to a particular ethnicity when you introduced yourself? Because we came from, mm-hmm. uh, all our classmates were from different nationalities, right? So did how would you introduce yourself? Was Or you just never thought of it as a thing? No, if people do ask, no, I would of course say my name is Hannah. And um, if people do ask me where I'm from, it's not the first thing I would say like, oh, I'm Hannah and I'm from this uh, places. Like I would, if people ask me point blank, where are you from? I would always say half Indian, half Filipino. Like I would never think about one nationality more than the other. It's just like, it's a reflex. I would say both at the same time. But honestly, now that I think about it, only because when I travel, I do meet a lot of people. So when I, I come to a point where people ask me where I'm from, it kind of gets exhausting saying like, I'm half Indian, half Filipino, but I live in Dubai. It's just a mouthful. So right. I'm just going to say, I, I honestly do this, but I actually just say I'm just from the Philippines. I feel like not too many people know too much about the Philippines so that I don't have to explain too much, you know? Really? So it's just like, yeah. I've actually come across that a lot of times when I've traveled. I would just say I'm from the Philippines. It's just so much easier because they're not going to ask too many questions for some reason. Because when the moment I say I'm from Dubai, they're going to be like, oh, so that's like a rich country. Like the UAE is like balling. So you must be balling. And I really am not. I don't. Yeah, I am nothing like that. So it's like, yeah, I think it's just easy to say I'm from the Philippines. So, and because I don't know much about India, like I'm not as cultured in my Indian background. So I would say I, I'm more familiar with the Filipino side of mine. So that's why I think it's easier to just stand Filipino. That's interesting that you said that Dubai comment, because a lot of our classmates who are now abroad, and even when I was working abroad, it was something that I noted down. I don't say that I'm from Dubai because there is this misconstrued thing mm-hmm. that they're like oh you must be super rich and then you you drive a ferrari or like you're a land rover driver and i'm like no i actually drive a hatchback and i exactly normal life people think like i have a maid for some reason i'm like no i do <laughs> i am the maid exactly 
<laughs> so yeah, I'm not. No, that's why I really try not to say Dubai because people get for some reason it's kind of intimidating because they think I'm rich and that's just not the case at all. No. When you're an expat, especially an Asian expat living in Dubai, yeah, it's, it's no. <laughs> Nothing like that. No. No. I'm going to I'm going to go with this point, but there's something I'm going to okay. like no point out to you later on, but okay. Language is something I always ask to all of my guests on the show. So what language do you speak at home, given that you're half Indian, half Filipino? So English is literally my first language. We grew up in a very English household. My parents spoke English to each other. My brothers, we all speak English. Like that was really the only way we communicated. My dad, he's actually from Goa. So they had their own dialect called Konkani, but he didn't, you know, it's not very, you don't use that outside of Goa or, or certain parts of India. So he didn't think it was a necessity to teach it. And he, I don't know, for some reason, I, I don't think I ever asked him. I never really asked him why he never taught Hindi to us. But, you know, it could have been good to know a thing or two. The only thing I know in Hindi is to count from one to 10. But I am definitely a lot more familiar with the Tagalog language than I am with Indian or any Indian dialect. My mom would, you know, this whole cliche about when moms are upset or pissed at you they will swear at you in Tagalog it is an actual fact I have to say <laughs> I've learned a lot of <laughs> a lot of anger <laughs> you know all spoken in Tagalog uh, but you know my mom most of the friends I had growing up were Filipinos I went to a Filipino church so I got more accustomed to the Filipino community growing up so whenever they spoke in Tagalog like I would pick things up so growing up I could kind of pick up and understand what they were talking about. My problem was reciprocating and communicating back in Tagalog because I would, first of all, it takes time for me to process the sentence. And even if I did, I would try to translate it from English to Tagalog verbatim. And that, of course, affects the entire grammar of the sentence. So it's like when people say, when that Filipino, there's this Filipino saying, I'm just going to say it in English because I don't know how to say it in Tagalog. It makes my nose bleed when I try to talking uh, when they say they try to talk in English I kind of get that feeling when I try to speak in Tagalog you know so it's like okay I totally get what they're saying because it really does take time for me to say to reciprocate to just reply back but I can understand it when they're talking to me in Tagalog so yeah I'm definitely better at understanding than I am in speaking so since we're in the topic of language you know in high school or no not even high school uh, in in school we had language classes and do you want to share with everyone which language you picked and why? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Arabic was mandatory growing up in school. So I think like almost every kid that was born and raised in Dubai or just raised here, Arabic was made mandatory up until the sixth grade. Was it sixth grade or high school? Well, I don't really school, remember. A little bit after. Like high school. A little bit of high school. Yeah. I think until the eighth grade or something or ninth grade. And uh, I think we can all say uh, safely say that we pretty much know how to say yes and no. Maybe I don't know uh, to greet someone, ask someone their name and read and write Arabic. We know the script, but we don't actually know what it means. Right? Yes. This particular thing that you're saying is a real yeah. 
situation with the kids who grew exactly. up in UAE because for everyone listening, yes, Arabic was made mandatory as a language to learn. But if you think about it, when you look at the textbooks that we had to study from elementary to high school, it was the same level. Like we were reading The Lion and the Mouse and in high school and like what are we gonna do with the story of the lion and the mouse if we're actually <laughs> gonna talk to like with, with any Arab person like can you just say I, th- we knew words like they're so random and you don't know how to put them in words if, if Hannah is saying like I am trying to translate something in Tagalog uh, English to Tagalog imagine us trying to put random words like Burtakolla which is orange <laughs> <laughs> and then um <laughs> Or like Jamila, which is beautiful. beautiful. What is a beautiful orange? Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows. knows. Exactly. Because I think the problem was that we never practiced actually the a conversation in Arabic. We were like by the book, r- literally. Like you learn this, you learn these words, you learn how to write them, you learn to fill in the blanks with these options. Those are the things we learned. Like we were never asked to, to go up in the front and have an entire conversation in Arabic. No, no, we, we never taught. had that kind of training. No, exactly. Which is why I can safely say that when we say we learned Arabic in high school, we learned to read and write it. Okay, so the options were like Hindi and French, and I still didn't even choose Hindi, and I'm half Indian. I don't really know why. Maybe I thought French would be more useful, like uh, abroad, or or I thought it was more exotic because I know that Hindi is just used in one country, and I thought French could be used somewhere else and I honestly thought the French language was the sexiest to listen to so I chose French in high school no it was actually since grade school and uh yeah that was that was the other language I learned but again I never really practiced it so I can pretty much hold a conversation for a minute and that's that's all it'll take (laughs) (laughs) there was something that you said it sounded exotic and then yeah you said India, Hindi, you could speak it only like in one country. In French, you could use it more abroad. See, you know, I never thought of it that way because let's, I'll be real. When we were growing up, people looked at knowing French as a language as something more superior. But my, you know, my sister was speaking to me a couple weeks ago and she was saying that the way she looked at it was that she counted the number of countries that use that language and maybe that's how. Mm -hmm can utilize it better because like there are countries that was colonized by france and like in africa for example and they they speak french but yeah uh, to your point you and i can still both hold a french conversation in a minute and in, yeah <laughs> probably like ordering a chocolate <laughs> or or if you or if you're like if we're playing hide and seek, I count one to ten and find you. That's pretty much how confident our French is in counting numbers. <laughs> you know, I still don't know how to like. I think I really messed it up. You know, the U N E and then U N. I don't think oh. we know how to say it right because like, I speak to some French people before. It's like, yeah, that's not how you say it, right? Yeah, well, like who taught you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. um now that you because i was thinking like how come hannah never chose hindi like this would have been more you know towards her other half <laughs> the nationality but okay and you said you lean like you know more of the tagalog but now yes where you are in your life would you take classes in tagalog or hindi in the near future, <laughs> the near future at all 
in my future at all, I wouldn't mind learning Hindi only because, you know, when you grow up in the Middle East, you know, I think Hindi is actually widely spoken because of how many Indian expats there are. And I think it's like a good skill to have Hindi versus Tagalog. Now that I'm living in the real world, especially being based here, I would love to learn Hindi eventually. But I maybe I should learn it from my dad first. I mean, like that's probably the closest to a free class I'll get. But yeah, I think I would lean towards Hindi a little more. Yeah, now. But uncle speaks. But I Konkani. wouldn't mind refining my Tagalog. But but uncle speaks Konkani, no? He speaks Konkani, but he also speaks Hindi. Like he can read and write Hindi. He can talk to people in Hindi, and uh, of course, Hindi is very close to Urdu, so he can actually talk to people close to Urdu uh, for for Pakistanis who speak that language. Can I just say I always thought your dad was super smart. Like not just because oh, yeah. he helped, but he always came across so smart. Wasn't he like the guy who was a whiz in geography? Oh yeah. Absolutely. My dad, he's like the smartest person I know, literally. He he talks about things nobody does. You know, he likes to talk about politics of another country that isn't even his. You know, he will talk about U.S. politics all day. He could do that. If he was an American, he would say easily say he's a Republican. Easily. Really? That's my dad. Really, that is my dad. But this is what I appreciate with, I don't want to say older, but like uh, our our parents' generation. They Mm -hmm. were more exposed about the geopolitical uh, happenings of the world. Like, I I find that my, like, I don't know about you, but I find that I am pretty ignorant. We're on the same page right there. Like our parents' generation, they definitely know a lot better. Um, my dad, if he meets someone from a different country, because my dad's a very social person, he will, even at a restaurant, he will talk to the waiter and ask them where they're from. Before we even order the food, you know, that's my dad. He'll be like, Oh, you're from, let's say he meets someone from Lebanon. He's going to go on about Lebanon and its history and the cities. And even and if they even mention where they're from, my dad knows where it is. Like, but, that's how he he's really like, he knows his stuff in geography. But think about it, though. Like, I think our parents needed to know this because during their time, like your dad and my dad, they left India and the Philippines at an early age. To yes. find work and they needed to know these things to maybe have whole conversation with other people, uh, maybe their managers, their peers. Yeah. And it kind of stayed with them until this yep. date. Like until this date, similar to your dad, I speak to my dad and I'm like, so what's the deal between <laughs> like this country and this country? You know, like why is it why are they why are they fighting? You know, and it's we didn't come from that world. Well, now we're seeing it because we're still we're we're alive and we're seeing what's happening to Russia and Ukraine. We're seeing the the China and Taiwan possible, you know. So we see why our parents had to learn this. Absolutely. I wanted to bring up this time in school, and uh, it's called well. People in St. Mary's would have it once a year. It's called Ethnic Day, and once a year you wear. Uh, your national costume. And we basically all celebrate the different nationalities. There's food, there's flags, you know, everyone dances something. There's a skit. And you wore a sari, right? In, in, in ethnic day? Uh, 
Uh, actually, it was a gaga choli because I didn't know how to wear a sari. A sari is like draped around, which I didn't know how to do. And my mom didn't know how to do it. So a gaga was more like a skirt and a top and a, and a shawl. So it was like so much easier to wear. But I always chose the Indian clothes only because I liked it more than the Filipino ones. <laughs> but why is that? Because I saw this consistently throughout ever since. Like you speak Tagalog. You're, you lean towards being Filipino, but when it comes to, I don't know about aesthetics, but like when you were, like I was like, well, what, why are you wearing a Gaga Joy? <laughs> Did you just say you're Filipino? So, <laughs> and there's three of us best friends. So there's uh, our other friend, Dil. Hi, Dil, if you're listening. She's Shulakin. So she wore uh, her national costume. I borrowed a Filipiniana, uh, and then you wore a Gaga Choli. And, and this kind of went consistently to other events, like um, the time you went to Dandia. Do you know, like, yeah. do you want to share with folks, like, what Dandia is, to, to your knowledge? It, to my knowledge, yeah. Um, it was this festival with, with sticks <laughs> and dancing and music. I don't know, you would, you would, like, click together these sticks. And it was, it was just, it was like a fun event. Do I know what it really was for? No, now that I think about it, because I just attended it at one time. But yes, I still, again, chose to wear something Indian. I think I just loved the Indian clothes so much that I just had to be seen in it. You know, like, I felt like I needed, maybe, like, I, I guess, I, I think I knew at the time I kind of wanted to pay homage to, like, my Indian side by dressing like an Indian, but I speak like a Filipino. So it, it was, it, I, I really didn't know what I was thinking at the time. I guess I was I don't know. I was still figuring my life out, but I definitely wanted to keep wearing Indian clothes if there was ever a reason to dress up ethnically. And so, I yeah. can't like I can't blame you. The the Gagra Cholis, the saris, they're so beautiful. Like even oh, our absolutely. our teachers who were from India, whether it be the north or the south, or there they will come to school and teach, and it's so beautifully pleated. And the, we had beautiful. a teacher, Miss Nirmala. Shout out, Miss Nirmala, if you're listening. Um, she would keep her um, her the skirt part so well, and every day it's gonna be absolutely. Like so absolutely. Just for the folks listening, I googled this. I don't know this by heart. So dandia, the significance of dandia is a dance. The dance is a beautiful way of recreating the battle that took place between the devi and the demon. It signifies the defeat of evil over good. The colorful sticks that Han was talking about. Used was used during Dandia to represent the sword of the goddess Durga. That's why this dance form is also known as a sword dance. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that I'm learning this alongside you. I was thinking about it earlier. I was like, what does Dandia mean? Because we we had those. I, I, I still think I have the pink sticks and it was Same. awesome. Like we learned how to dance that we knew a couple of moves and we were we were dancing with our fellow classmates and other people from above our, our level um, in a gymnasium. It was just so cool to be part of. So you talked about this earlier and you said, you know, you have, there's three of you siblings. And, um, you know, I've known your family since we were kids. We've traveled with each other too. And you're obviously all half seats, right? So did you three ever share social experiences coming home sometimes? It's like, hey, you know, uh, this just happened to me and they, they got my nationality wrong or like 
they're speaking to me like in a different language and or they're speaking to me in our language and I actually don't know how to speak it you know do you do you ever have those moments with them like uh what do you do like no what do you do <laughs> oh well I think we've encountered pretty much yeah similar circumstances but I, I do have this funny story so I have a brother his name is Josh I think out of the three of us he doesn't look as much Filipino as me and my youngest brother do so I remember he went to a barber shop one time and uh, the barber was a is a Filipino and he was specifically giving a Filipino rate to Filipinos only you know it was a, at a discounted price and my brother Josh, who's the one who doesn't really look as much of a, of a Filipino as we do, he had to kind of prove that he was Filipino to avail of this discount. So he had to show, and no one was believing it. You know, the barber was like, sorry, you, you don't even kind of look like a Filipino. And he's like saying, even when he gave like, oh, I'm from Bulacan, you know, I'm, I'm from like, he actually had to say where he's really from. But this guy was like, yeah, anyone can say that. And he, he had to whip out his Emirates ID to show that he is a Filipino and the guy's like, oh, okay, now then I'm giving you the discount. I was like, that's ridiculous, right? Five pounds <laughs> discount. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wasted that for five bucks, like trying to convince him for like 15 minutes. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so yeah. that you say this story because like, I'm sure a lot of the kids who studied, who lived abroad still have those situations, these moments abroad mm -hmm. like people assume yeah. you come from a certain place and like because of your accent because of the way you look and then like you get either an inferior or a superior kind of treatment and i guess for josh it was, it was a inferior treatment <laughs> sorry josh, but you have the best stories dude um, <laughs> like my brothers for example my two brothers they look alike my brother, uh, Nabi and Vlad, they look alike, but both look like they're from somewhere else, separately. Mm -hmm. And yeah. one is a serious troll, and the other one is slowly realizing that he can pass as a mysterious ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think we can resonate with you guys when you say, you know, when people ask you, you just say a certain ethnicity instead, just to keep the conversation short and crisp and let's not talk about it anymore or exactly. if you want if you want that superior treatment maybe lean towards another nationality you know what it's it's interesting you bring that up i want to give you an example so there was this one time i went to the salon and i know that a lot of the hairdressers and staff who work at the salon they're filipinos i didn't really want to reveal my nationality because they're going to want to talk about like Oh, you know, you know, the typical questions. Have you ever been to the Philippines? Which one do you like more? Do you speak Tagalog? I really, as much as possible, I try to avoid answering those questions only because it's so repetitive for me. So it comes to a point where I just don't I, like if I if I come across Filipinos, I will say I'm Indian. So that's what I did. I said I was Indian so that they wouldn't talk to, like so they wouldn't have to talk to me about the Philippines only because I literally just want to go for my, my appointment. And when it's done go back home and I heard that they started talking to about me in Tagalog it's a good thing oh. I can understand so so this is what I this is pretty much what I understood good thing they weren't saying anything offensive because if they did I probably would have said something which I think is also wrong like you're not really supposed to talk about your clients or customers in your own language yeah. at least not in the presence of them because you never know they could understand what you're saying so it's best to not speak about those things so the lady was saying like, oh, I like her watch. Do you think it's real? Oh. So I was just like, 
That's so weird. That's a weird thing to say, but I was just ignoring it because I was getting my eyebrows done. So my eyes were closed the whole time. I really wanted to smile. I really wanted to smile. But if I, I knew, I knew if I smiled, they'll be like, do you think she understands what's what, what we're saying? So I, I really could not do any expression on my face because the moment I did have a look, they'll know. So those are the kind of situations where like, I kind of also kind of want to hear what people say, but I never thought it would happen until, you know, until it actually does. So yeah, I've had experiences where I would say I'm from, I'm not from the Philippines, but yet I do hear people talking about me, you know, in, in the Tagalog language. So yeah. I think this is probably your answer in the next couple of questions I'm going to ask you. So I'm going to keep that aside. Oh, really? Okay. Uh (laughs) Um, Ban, you and I have been, you know, traveling when we were in our 20s. When our first trip was in Thailand, then we went to Europe. And I remember applying for the Schengen visa was an experience because, you know, we prepared a month or two in advance printing stuff and like getting all the bank paperwork, all of that. And I remember it was such a tedious task to apply for. And it was hard. I mean, do you want to share with folks what passport you held all most of your life? Okay. So when I was born, my parents decided to go with a Filipino passport. The reason, the, One of the main reasons for it was because the Philippines allowed dual citizenship while India did not. And the Philippines also did have a stronger ranking than the Indian passport, which means that I was allowed to go to a couple more countries than, than if I did if I had the Indian one. So that was the main reason my parents decided that all of us have Filipino passports. So growing up, yes, the Filipino passport does have its limitations. So when we wanted to go to countries, like as you said, we went to Thailand first. Thailand was easy because we were visa exempt as a Filipino, yeah. which which made our travel so much easier. It was also our first time traveling together. I think it was our first like trip we did because, you know, that wasn't the Philippines because we we I, I think for both you and I, we've never really traveled abroad, even just like as and we were working at the time. So we were pretty excited because it was our first trip, like as working women. Uh, we were able to spend on ourselves and afford our own tickets and pay for the entire trip. So Thailand was a great first experience because we never had to deal with a visa problem. It was when we decided to go to Europe, that's where we really realized the challenges of applying mm. for a Schengen visa. The checklist was so detailed. You needed to have a booking for the plate, like in whatever country you were traveling to, you had to have the reservation of the hotel that you were staying in every night. You had to show the flight that you were connecting to the next country you planned on, like, or, or, or a train. Basically, from end to end, you had to show exactly your entire itinerary. We had to make all the bookings prior. We had to do our research. And yeah, it was and we spent a lot just to make sure we even had the Schengen visa. We had to buy our tickets. I remember that. We paid for our tickets without even getting guaranteed we would get the visa. This is what I remember. So we took a lot of risk just trying to apply for it. It took a long time. And I remember even on the day itself when we had our interview, we missed something. And we were put on the side to fix it while they were entertaining other clients. And then we were kind of like the last to continue. Because we didn't want to go back and continue the process all over again. The guy was nice enough to let us fix something. I think we just had to make one more booking and then we could resume our application. 
which is why we took so much time in that center. I remember that. That was very a, a very lengthy process, but I'm glad we got the visa in the end. We were able to prove everything. And then we did have a great trip right after. But that was a very stressful time for us just to get a visa to even allow us to go to the place we wanted to. That was a first for both of us. So yeah, I'm glad I had you <laughs> to, to experience that one. Glad you out most of the planning for us. Because yeah. Okay, so for everyone who, who, who's listening, it's Hannah who plans all of the hotels and the travel. I handle all of the activities. So I just have to tell you where we're staying and where we're going to next and how we're getting there. That was my job. That's it. He's like the yeah. best planner. Remember we got stuck in <laughs> Austria or something and we we're like, uh-oh, we're in the... I, we had to change something last minute. But um, yeah. you recently yeah. shifted... Well, you, you recently got a new passport. What's the history behind this? So basically now I have a Portuguese passport. So it's kind of, it's considered a European passport. So I'm allowed to travel visa free to a lot more countries than I would have uh, with a Filipino passport. Like I can travel to Europe anytime. Like I don't really need to apply for a visa. The thing behind that was that because my dad is from Goa, they were kind of colonized by the Portuguese. So there's this rule that says that if you're born or if your parents are born in Goa before 1961, you're eligible to apply for a Portuguese passport. But you have a lot of documents to prove that your parents or you come from were born before that year. So the good thing is that his brothers got it all done with like for the last 10 years. So my dad was literally the last one to get it. My dad got his five years ago. And when it came to us trying to get it, it took a lot of time because he was also married to a Filipino. So it made it a little more complicated. It was just like an extra couple of steps because uh, we had a second nationality. We had to prove a lot of things and that my parents' marriage was legit. They had to get it attested at the Portuguese embassy in Jakarta because there was no embassy in the Philippines. So Indonesia was like, I think, the closest one. So they had, you know, it, there was a lot of things to prove, basically. So Eventually, this year, I eventually I got eligible for it, and I went to Portugal, and I pretty much got mine. And my brothers are kind of on the way to get theirs. But that's pretty much the story of how I got a Portuguese passport. So right now, I'm kind of like a dual citizen between Philippines and Portugal. And how is it? You recently did a, did a couple of travels this year. How was it like? Wait, did you use your Portuguese passport when you traveled? Okay, so when they told me that I was eligible to get a Portuguese passport, I had to go to Portugal. But I can't go to Portugal without getting a Schengen visa because I still have a Filipino passport. So oh. I did the whole thing again. Yeah, so I still had to reapply as a Filipino. So I did the whole checklist. And this time I didn't have you with me. So I had to figure this stuff out by myself because I have not been to Europe since I was last with Patricia. And that was back in 2015. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure the rules have kind of changed since then. It's been like seven years. So I had to really do this by myself. So I did apply. I did. But I was I was I was going to be as thorough as possible. Mm -hmm. I even bought passport copies of my dad's just to see if it would boost my chances i don't think it made a difference to be honest but yeah so i had to reapply again fill the checklist got all the documents and eventually i got the visa so i was able to travel to portugal i didn't really i did actually use my passport to travel like from 
one European country to another while I was there at the time. That was back in March. And I recently did use it again when I traveled to Greece last month. So yes, I have been using my Portuguese passport so far, and I've literally transferred all my UAE residence visa to the Portuguese passport. So I don't even have it on my Filipino passport anymore. So now I am like a UAE resident with a Portuguese nationality. So that's so it's pretty much like everything is transferred. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a little bit much, but yeah, it's everything is transferred basically. We were talking about how you have now a Philippine passport, a Portuguese passport. You stand between. Well, you know, you have two nationalities because you are born half. You initially answered in the this episode. Just not to complicate things, you're leaning towards just one standard answer. Would you think it's going to be different now that the Portuguese passport is in the picture? How do you answer the inevitable question, where are you from? That's a good question. Actually, I really don't think that having this new passport changes much because I'm definitely not European. I have no European blood in me. I'm a full-on Asian. I was Like I know my Filipino and Indian culture and I have not been exposed to any Portuguese culture whatsoever. I mean, like I've been to the country, but that's pretty much it. Do I know the language? No, I don't. Do I, am I accustomed to their way of life? No, zero. So even if I have this passport, I think I still identify as an Indian Filipino who lives in Dubai. I don't think it changes much because it's so new, you know, I've never experienced actually living there and getting to know what life is like there so I still don't think of myself as a Portuguese yeah sure I have the passport that but that's pretty much it I have a citizenship in a country that I'm not really from you know so that's where it lies like I it's it's there but it's not really who I am I find it interesting that you ended up saying I'm still deeply Asian because that's what I I'm hearing from your response But holding a Portuguese passport opens you to a lot of other countries, especially Europe. On a fun note, I'm curious, what's your dream country to visit? Now things are... To visit? Yeah, to visit. Oh, to actually, to visit just on a holiday? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's a lot I still want to see. Like, of course, I want to cover a lot of Europe now that I can. It's so interesting because when I last traveled, when I got to stand in the EU line, because they have a separate section for EU citizens to get in, it was so cool, you know, like to stand at that in that line. And like, I, I, I just kept telling myself, I really don't belong here, but I kind of do at the same time. So that, that was a really... That was an interesting experience because it's so much easier for them to get through customs. You know, they you don't even need your passport. You show your ID card, which I have an ID card. So you, you just whip that out, like buzz it through and you're in. But the rest of the world, like other nationalities, they have to queue up in these long lines. And I just think to myself, like, wow, I don't have to do that anymore. So that's that's different. So that's really cool. Um, It was me before. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I know. Like, I was just like, wow, we've done this. Like, I know what it's like to be on both lines now, you know? So it's so interesting. But a couple of places I still, yeah, I still want to cover a lot of Europe, you know, while I can. And I do want to visit, you know, like South Africa. Like, I think that's one of my biggest. Me too. Yeah. So there's really, there's really so much to see, you know? It's just, uh, 
yeah, it's just a matter of time. But and of course, finances to help me. But I hope to travel a lot more now that I have this passport that had. Thanks for that. I'm not not the folks can't see this, but I know this. Hannah gave me a text last like crazy text message where she says I did a thing. And I was wondering what that even means, because usually when people say that, it's it's a surprise. It's out of character. So Han, you recently got a nose piercing, right? <laughs> I I always thought you would, and I'm I'm happy that you did, because we've been talking about this since like elementary, to be honest. I think yeah, and ele- like we would talk about tattoos and piercings when we were younger. But when you said I did a thing, and then you even like shared how you got uh, that nose piercing, I was like, and you asked me how do I look, and I remember thinking. Gee, she actually looks more Indian now. I don't know if you got that from other people. I did. I did, actually. People, like, I used to get a lot, uh, when people would guess where I was from, most of the time I, they would say Filipino. Like, yeah. some of the, uh, the, yeah. So I got that a lot. And then I think after seeing the piercing, it was just like, wait a minute. I yeah. think she could be Indian. You don't see Filipinos having a nose piercing. It's such, it's, definitely predominantly like from an Indian culture thing you know so when I got mine 100% I saw the difference when people would guess where I was from I can't believe that one thing on my nose could actually like identify me as a completely different nationality you know so it's 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 interesting like what that small piercing did to show who I really was you know like so how do you how does it feel though like when people say are you indian because there's an aesthetic change it's as small (laughs) as it is like i think your brother said it i i I noticed it and i think you even mentioned it how does it actually feel to have the aesthetic change and people see a more predominant ethnicity (laughs) than the other oh i mean like doesn't really change too much in my perspective it's I get, it's, it's like it's just there okay okay now I look a little more Indian than I used to and that's cool like at least because some I don't like it when people assume I'm just one and not the other you know I actually I, I've embraced these two sides so much that I do want to be seen as part of both worlds yeah this is the first time I heard you say you get you sound offended you you, you will get offended if someone just th- says you're just one nationality so I I really like being called both or being I mean like I, I like people to notice both sides because I will correct them like oh you're Filipina right yeah and I'm Indian too or the other way around so yeah I liked I'm very proud of like being both so I would definitely put that out there that I am from both places okay. I will correct people if I have to yeah <laughs> but I will never throw in the whole porch I'm also Portuguese because there's just no hint of that at all whatsoever. So zero, no. <laughs> I think you need a couple more years to throw that before you throw that in. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, maybe. Can maybe you imagine a couple like more I'm years. Portuguese? All right. Can you imagine like some people you're saying like oh, <laughs> Portuguese then? Speak Portuguese. Obviously, people don't do that, but like that's how it sounds. Yeah, in exactly. My head. <laughs> you want like, battle? Prove battle. it. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it's definitely safer to say I'm Indian Filipino than an added nationality yeah <laughs> speaking of the duality you mentioned mm-hmm. as well that you you've accepted embraced and embraced both sides of your of being indian and filipino 
And I know yeah. you've met both sides of your family, maternal yeah. and paternal. Now, what's one cultural thing you've embodied as Filipino and Indian? And then what's one thing you reject as Filipino and Indian? For me, I, I personally reject there are Filipino uh, toxic traits that I see being here in the Philippines. And one of them is getting all up in your business. Like, they, they, it, it is a thing. Like, people ask mm-hmm. you a question that's super personal. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, what, why should I give you an answer? It's, it's, yeah. So um, that's something I reject. Yeah, so that's an example. For me, I think both cultures, they, the part I love about it, it, both of them is how much they value family. You know, there's very close knit communities, very family is everything. And that's something I've loved from both sides, you know, just, just being there for each other. And, you know, you know, I see it in both these sides of the family, which is why we get along so well. And I, I, I just love it. I think it's one thing I embody or I really hope to transfer. I want to bring that along with my future children and stuff. So yeah, that is one trait that I really love from both sides. And the thing I'm not so great with, I don't know if this is a thing, but okay, yes, I have to agree with you that Filipinos can just get all up in your business about, okay, actually it's from both sides. You know how like you're expected, it, you're expected to marry in your 20s, have kids by this time, right? Like we're at a timeline in both cultures. Yeah, Indian especially. Like my grandmother was married by the time she was 19. My, and my, (laughs) yeah, way past that, you know? And it was, it's just like, you know, they, they expect you to be married by this time. And sadly, I'm not even kind of close, you know, to that stage in my life. And, and being the oldest and only daughter it's like, when is she getting married? And that's a constant thing I have to hear about all the time. Because my my brother after me, he's getting married. Like he's almost, he's he's engaged. So they always ask me, what about you? You're the oldest. What's happening here? Like we want your, we, my mom, she's like, I want grandbabies. And I'm just like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm just at a different stage in my life. You know, I'm not, it's not like I'm not ready for that. It's just that I haven't met the right person. So it's like, there's this, I don't know, this expectation that I should have had everything by now in my thirties. Like I should have had at least two kids by now. I should have been married like five, six years ago. It's just, it's just not like that. And I don't like that. I don't like that expectation. You know, it's a very different generation. We've made different choices, but yeah, I, I think in both sides, I was expected. To have that at this time in my life, yeah, which I don't. I do feel that a hundred percent because, like, okay, one thing we were raised abroad, and when mm-hmm. you're raised abroad, your parents—I I, noticed—not just your parents. I mean, a lot of the parents wanted the best for their kids, so they were really forcing you to, like, you know, hey, you got to finish school after you uh, after you graduate, then you have to like get a job, right? And then when you get a job, yeah, there's a certain like. It's like stages. Exactly. There's steps and stages. Exactly. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely and agree. I don't think like you're the worst kid on earth. In fact, like I think you did everything that you were asked to do. And I think now 
family is just like, okay, when's it, when are you going to get to the next stage? But then to your point, you, we made, you made choices very different from theirs at different timelines. So mm-hmm. like if your grandma got married at 19, I mean, Hey, we graduated at 21. We were in like True. level one. She's in like level five. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah like, exactly. And so yeah. when I feel like when Asian, our cultures do that, they actually add years on our, on our life. And I feel mm-hmm, like it's mm-hmm. unnecessary. Like here, we're so very similar to you. Like I don't have family. I don't have kids. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I graduated, I, I'm working. I mean, you know, I'm quite independent. I've traveled, but yeah. That's true. Well, I don't know why that can't be enough for now for some people, you know, it's just like, it's not, you know, I'm like, oh, no, you need a significant other. You need to be a mom. You need to, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of, t- I'm kind of tired of hearing about that all the time, but I think they've come to a point where they just like, okay, if it happens, it happens. I really hope that's the case right now, but you know, I, I think see. I, I know really- they're going to make, yeah. We're, we're going to wait for some future comments. And then like, it's just a matter of time before these actually tell me like, okay, what about you? You know, what about your turn? When is it going to happen? So I'm, I'm just going to let it be. I, I don't want to have an argument anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Sometimes I just want to troll them with answers. We're like, what do you mean? I've <laughs> what do you mean? Like, did, did you, you not mean, know? <laughs> did you not know about your grandson? Did you know about my kid who's already seven years old? Where have you been? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I totally feel you. Yeah. With significant others. I don't know if this even matters, but I'm curious. Like you being happy, does does nationality matter to you? And do you lean towards a certain nationality? Because I honestly, in my head, you know, I realized this just recently. It's like, Oh, I do have a type. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, I th- think I I think it's it's funny. When I was younger, I was definitely attracted to more Filipino-looking guys, and then when I yeah. when I was in college, I was definitely more attracted to Indian-looking guys. But now, at this stage in my life, I don't care. Like either or anybody, you know, I I have no preferences. You know, of course, personality trumps everything. So, but at this stage, I don't mind. Like it, it does, I have, I'm not particular about race or anything like that. Like I'm open to anything. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not very specific. They don't have to be Indian or Filipino. I'm, I'm fine with any. If you were going to raise kids, your future kids, mm-hmm. would there be a language that you would teach them or you'd want them to learn? Like, for some reason, dad wanted us to learn French. And I was like, you don't speak French. <laughs> <laughs> Who do I speak French to? <laughs> We're in an Arab country, dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I wish, at least when I was growing up, I really wish I was exposed more to Hindi. Mm. Uh, I think when you live in the Middle East, it's it's an important language to learn. But sadly, my dad never spoke to us in that. So I never picked up on anything like the closest I know to Hindi is count one to 10. Mm. That, that's where it ends. And But my Filipino culture, like I'm definitely a lot more accustomed to it because I was exposed to, yeah, I grew up in a Filipino church and I, I understand the language very well. Like you can speak to me in it, but I might respond most likely in English because it takes time for me to process or try 
try to say it or, or, you know, try to say it back or respond back. So I would like my kids to kind of, maybe because I know it better than Hindi, maybe I would incorporate Tagalog into the kids. You know, I'd like them to learn phrases or even if they know as much as I do, I think that could be enough for me. And of course it depends on the father's language. Like if he actually does have another language, I would, I would ask him to like teach it to them because only because I just want them to like grow up with their grandparents, you know, to know the language. I think it would be just really nice for them to be bilingual or trilingual or whatever. So it, it would be nice for and, and kids to have that exposure. You know how we say kuya and ate for like older, like with first oh, yeah. older brother, older mm-hmm. sister, even if they're not really like yeah. blood related. Do you think you, you can yeah. incorporate that too? Yes. I, I'd love to do that. Like, I would love my kids to call their older sister or older brother Athen Kuya. Um, I would love my grandkids to call my mom, like, Lola, you know, that, you know, I'd want them and my dad, Lola, or, or, no, I think I would, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would like to them to call them by their Filipino terms, okay. you know, so, yeah. Okay. And my brothers, I would want them to address them as like Tita Josh or like yeah, I would like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Josh. I know, right? Tita Josh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I want my kids to say those things too, just like I did. So yeah. Okay, what's a myth about half seas that you would bust? What is a myth? Wow. I think you said a couple already. Like I, I had like an impression that. You most half seas would would prefer to be one nationality, like refer, pre- prefer mm-hmm. to be called one nationality, and you're like, no, mm-hmm. I want to be called both nationalities. And then, yeah, so yeah, yeah th- th- that was an example. But what's something people assume about you as a halfy, and then you're like, actually, that's not true. Um, I think one of the biggest assumptions they made is that. Or they make okay. I'll tell you one thing. Maybe because it's a Filipino mindset, but I used to get comments where like when I tell them, "Oh, I'm half Indian, half Filipino," you know what they they would be like, "Are your parents still together?" Oh, <gasps> what a rude question! I know. I, I I've heard that a lot of times. Like even my brothers have when people when they reveal that they're half, they'll be like, "Wait, are your parents still together?" Like. Because they feel like, oh, we were just a product of a mixed what, oh. relationship. But that's where it ended. Like, there's no such thing as these marriages working out. Like, come on. And sometimes I get asked, which do you like better? And I think that's such an awkward question. I mean, do like, I like my dad better or my mom better? What kind of? Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. I don't know. Like, which one do you like better? I'm like, why do I have to like one more than the other? I mean, like, what? it's not a competition. It's yeah, I'm. it's who I am. I'm not going to say that. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So these are the kind of things like I don't like being asked and I don't like the assumptions that, oh, uh, yeah. Are your parents still together? I mean, like, that's. That's so rude. It's such a rude thing to say. What does it matter to you? Does it change who I am if they're not? No, it's just, wow. I mean, like, yeah, I, that's, those are the kind of little things that annoy me. That's for sure. So, Banny. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know, I call her Ban. It's because ever since we were kids, I call her Hannah Banana. 
So instead of Han, <laughs> Fan, and then it just gets distorted even more. I hope she doesn't kill me. How much I distorted through the years. <laughs> I love it. So it's fine. Great, Bangy. Okay, we're at the end of our episode. But before we go, I prepared some quick fire questions. So you can only okay. answer like one word answer. One, yeah. <laughs> one word. All okay. right. So, game? Game. Game now. Come on. Game. I'm ready. Oh, wow. Game now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Game show. Time. <laughs> Favorite restaurant in UAE. Oh, why would you ask me that? <laughs> oh no! Hello, it's only one. Oh no! Okay, um, <laughs> Delhi Darbar. I love Indian food. Sorry, <laughs> like I really There's do. So I think, um, it's in Karama. Yeah, such good Indian food, like butter chicken, top notch. Yeah, absolutely, top notch. Love it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think we've eaten in Delhi Darbar. I think I must have. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure you did. Just maybe if you taste it again, you'll be like, ah, right. It's this place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ask this question, but I wrote this question, but don't kill me for it. Okay. Who do you look more like your mom or your dad? Oh, I, I think it's safe to say I look more like my mom. <laughs> I think I have definitely more traits of my mom than I do of my dad. I mean, like I get that from a lot of people. I kind of see it too. I do have a lot more of my mom's features. I, I frankly, not sure what I got from my dad. I really don't, except for hair, hairy arms and legs. That's 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 all I can say. I'll be honest. Yeah. Don't you think you got your dad's eyes? My dad's eyes? Maybe I do. But Josh, I have me and my brother Josh have the same eyes, and I yeah, you're probably right. Maybe I could have my dad's eyes, but then I do get a lot of. I kind of have Filipino eyes, but I. I can't tell at this point. You know, it's so ingrained in me that I look just the way I am that I can't tell what's Indian and what's Filipino anymore. And now I think about it, Dwayne has like different eyes from you three. Yeah. Dwayne Out of us three. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. I will say that I, I definitely have more mom's features. Okay. Question three. What language do you think in? English. What language, question number four, what language do you use when you're angry? English. No sign language. Really? It is. <laughs> <laughs> sign language gestures, then <laughs> maybe. But no, it's English all the way. Yeah. Okay. Where do you see yourself retiring in? Hmm. I, I feel like I could retire in the Philippines. Yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like as long as I don't have to work or anything and just like relax and stay and live out the rest of my life on an island in the Philippines, I would do it. What will you in do? In all it? honesty. Like if you're not working, I'm Sorry? actually curious. Like I have a feeling you're just going to be sitting by the beach or like cooking. Sitting by the beach, cooking and just eating all day. I think I could do that. Yeah. Watch sunsets all the time and sunrises, swim. And yeah, I think I could do that in my 70s or something just like live out my days on an island just like not a care in the world yeah and and hopefully my kids are just like settled and they have their own happy life and I think I like being in like somewhere quiet I think I just I just I would prefer seclusion you know I can already to live see out it. the rest of my days in seclusion <laughs> <laughs> but you're very now that I think about you're very much like Dita 
Because I can mm-hmm. imagine now like Hannah's Karindiria. Like a little bit, like I'll pop it of, you know, a small cafeteria. And uh-huh. I'm like, what is Yeah, I, I think that would be cool. Yes. But and I would serve Indian food though. <laughs> really? In an island and in, in the Philippines? I think I cool. could, yeah. The, I think I could do well doing that, you know, <laughs> selling Indian food on an island in the Philippines. <laughs> to be honest, I'll be the first one lining up. I, do, I think I know you would. I know you would. <laughs> okay, okay. Say something to your fellow listeners from India. I'm from one India. of you guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> How would I? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 <laughs> could you repeat? What did you say? How would you what? How would you greet them? How would you like? What would you say to your like? How would, do you want to greet your fellow listeners from India? Hi, homies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. From all the years we were in Saint Mary's, you decided to say that you didn't. Re- you don't remember that line where we we had an ethnic was it ethnic day where they say, "Oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm so gonna butcher butcher this." Oh, what did I say? Oh, no. I'm not going to say it. Say it. I don't know. What what did you say? No. no. What is it? I think it's like, Something like home. It's like, Yeah. Oh, my dear. I need to ask my dad, how do I say that? No. No. Yeah. I think this could go on and on. I'm not going to get it right anyway. So, I, I'm gonna butcher the language, so yeah, I'm not gonna even gonna try. I think it's like some form of greeting. See, I'm telling you, my knowledge of Hindi is abysmal, really abysmal. It really is. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> say something to your fellow listeners from the Philippines. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll learn. I'll tell you the one phrase I can nail, or okay, at least I think I can. I will say sorry. Po, kung hindi ako masyadong nakakapagsalita ng Tagalog. Oh my yeah. God, you do it so well. I don't even say that. <laughs> I just, you don't like, even I, say that? <laughs> I'm the most Kalia person. You know what I learned? I, the way I cheat my mm-hmm. Tagalog in, when I'm here is I sound mm-hmm. super kanto. You know what kanto is? Like super street. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Street, yeah. You know, like, the shortest version ever. Like, di ako mo naman Tagalog. Yeah. Just, yeah. Straight up. <laughs> Do you even try doing it in like Taglish, you know, uh, mixing it up or not really? At first, I just speak straight Tagalog. And then when I'm like reading the okay. person, I'm like, okay, you're not going to be judgy about where we're from. Yeah. So, and then yeah. I'll speak in Taglish because like Taglish has a con, like has that impression that if we just use it, you're conyo. And I'm like, yo, man. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Conyo. Yeah, I'm just not really from here. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, I know. I know. I get that. I get that. (laughs) No, yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like, if I go to, uh, let's say I want to bargain in one of those like Divisoria Green Hill stores, Mm. I'm so hesitant. I I mean, like, as much as possible, like, of course, I don't want to open my mouth and like say something in English. So I'd be like, you know, those like little phrases. And if I try to lower it, I'm just speaking in English because I don't know how to say the numbers in Tagalog. So I'll be like, no, hundred, no, 50 pesos, you know, like, like, it it just like, exactly. It's just like, it's, it's pointless me trying. Like, I always have to bring a Filipino with me. Like, I'll bring my cousin. 
with me to just like make sure that I don't get ripped off. So yeah, it's like, it's a struggle. It really is. But, but I know where not, where you cannot use the, uh, like English in when you're in the Philippines, like you just can't get away with it. Okay. Yeah. Have you been to the, yeah. the Visoria? Yes, I have. Yeah, okay. I have. So I've experienced like those. I know that they can rip you off the moment you open your mouth and you speak in English. So I just want to shut up all the time, but I really want to buy something and not get ripped off. So yeah, I have to always bring someone with me. I don't think I could do it by myself. So for the folks listening, uh, do you know, can you like share with, with everyone what is like where or what is Divisoria known for? So Divisoria is a place where you can buy a lot of garments and products like bags, just all like, kind of like fake products, but, you know, decent quality, I would say, of course. Uh, but you have to kind of bargain there because there's prices are not fixed. You can, and you can get stuff like very affordable if you want to go shopping in the Philippines. The only problem is that it's so crowded. People, like I have seen foreigners there and I feel bad for them because they don't know what the heck is going on. And they know that, and then I can see them like paying way more than they should. Oh for certain things you know I, I kind of I, I remember one time I tried to help a guy out and I'm just like even though my Tagalog isn't perfect or anything but I knew that he was overpaying for something so I kind of just did advise him like be careful what you ask I mean like be careful on the price you pay you can, you can bargain here because there are certain places you can't but I know that you know I tell them like just try to lower your price as much as possible and when you walk away from these stores that's and they call you back that's when that's you know it. like okay yeah that's it okay yeah exactly they do that it's such it's such a strategy you know for them to get you to buy something from them just walk away you know pretend you're done like you're not even this and they're gonna call you right back and give you the price you want to pay for it. so yeah to be honest i think filipinos are known to be great hagglers mm-hmm. like they, they yes, bargain absolutely. very well Absolutely. I don't know how to do that because sometimes I just mm-hmm. look at them like, how much is this? And I yeah. think to myself, whether I have the budget or not. And then yeah. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Exactly. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> have a good day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one. Greet your friends in the UAE. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? Oh, greet my friends in the UAE. How would you say it? You know, you are kind of from here as well. So what would you have said? I'd just say marhaba. Oh, yes. Ahlan. Ahlan. Yes. Ahlan. Oh, for people who don't know, that's like hello in Arabic. There you go. Yeah. Uh, some share something you learned. This doesn't have to be one word. Share something you learned about Portugal in your first visit. Something you didn't know. Something I didn't know. I didn't know how to say thank you. So I thought it was interesting that you have there is a masculine and feminine way to say it because men can only say obrigado, but women have to say obrigada. So I thought that was very interesting. To in uh, Portugal, yeah. And what did I learn? I think the food is fantastic. I mean, they have this uh, particular egg custard called the pastel de nada. And oh, my dear, it is. It's so good. You know, I think I could talk about food all day. So I'll just stop right there. But I would say like food and people are very friendly. I would. Yeah. The language is a little. I feel like it's a crop 
what it sounds to me is like it's a cross between Spanish and maybe a hint of Russian or something. It, it, it's, it sounds a little bizarre. The, the language is very, it sounds different. I can tell you that. Like, am I able to identify a Portuguese, the Portuguese language by listening to it? Not really. Not like Spanish and Italian. You can tell those languages. But if I feel like it sounds weird, I'll be like, that's probably Portuguese. Yeah. To me, at least. <laughs> it, it's, it's so interesting because it really sounds like a cross between two languages. It does. So, yeah. I know they don't, I yeah. think they don't like being mixed with Spanish. Yes. And, you know, it's so interesting because when I was traveling, I met a Brazilian. And, of course, Portuguese is also their main language. And so when I saw that they would, by the way, Portuguese, whenever they tell you if you're going to learn Portuguese, you have to learn the Brazilian Portuguese and don't learn the Portugal Portuguese. Because the Brazilian has so much more swagger and like Portuguese it's, it's so sound like so they are saying that learn it, the it sounds so much better than if you're ever going to learn Portuguese and I've heard the languages like there's so much rhythm to how a Brazilian sounds but when it's a Portuguese himself like it's very monotonous you know so I thought that was very I mean like that was a very interesting contrast for people who speak the same language so it's it's just like a very different accent for both sides so it's nice yeah I mean it's nice to hear I would love to hear you speak Brazilian Portuguese that would be interesting mm-hmm. that's gonna maybe people off so bad they're like I know what is she doing <laughs> <laughs> what is she saying <laughs> we know you said hello yeah yeah <laughs> yeah maybe Portuguese is probably a language I'd like to learn yeah I know my brother kind of wants to learn the language so okay. I'll look into that yeah what's your superpower what would you think your superpower is as a halfie as a halfie as a halfie a superpower Ooh, I don't know I feel like teleportation would be a great power to have so I can be in both places anytime I want it to be I just feel like oh I'm in I'm I'm in the Philippines for breakfast and I'm in India for lunch so I don't know I, I see of course fluid always comes into the picture somehow but you know I think that would be a great superpower to be I don't know to be teleporting to anywhere you want it's possible though because like India and Philippines it's still in Asia and you know you could travel to yeah my grandma uh which is sidetracked I remember my grandma when she was still alive and, and we were in England, she would mm-hmm. say like, well, when, this is when England was still part of Europe. And she'd say like, oh, when I would go on dates uh, in the morning, I'd have breakfast in France. And then I'd, she would be in another country for lunch and then oh. driving back to London for dinner. And I'm like, that is it's not just romantic. I think that's incredible. Like, because I also, I feel that the passport, the power of the passport opens so many countries for us to see and and, and actually explore cultures and food, of course. Icana is a massive foodie. So like Uh we're, (laughs) we're quite similar that way. So like we, we lean towards like, sometimes we, I think, I don't know if you've done this, but sometimes I just fly to countries if I could for food. Oh yeah. 
that is the dream, to be honest. <laughs> just like fly wherever you want and just eat whatever you want, you know, and get paid for it. I think that would be the ultimate dream goal, you know, like for a career. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. that's another question I wanted to ask you. What with the passports that you have, the cultures that you've been exposed to, what's your dream career? With the cultures I've been exposed to, wow. I say I would love, no, in all honesty, I would love to travel as a career. Like to just travel, see the world, maybe write about it or vlog about it and then, and eat, you know? I think that, sheesh, like, wow, I, that would be a fantasy of mine, like in the wildest sense to just like get paid to do that. Yeah. I would do that hands down. You never know. You never know. Whoever's listening to this, like it might come to you, you know, who who knows? (laughs) Like Vanny, you you traveled in many places. And I think what the places you've seen and the the food you ate, the people you've met are very interesting. Yeah. For those who don't know, before I left Dubai, Van wasn't the type of person who traveled a lot. And and then I don't know what happened. Like now I see her traveling every quarter on her own. Most, a lot of the times. And I'm very proud of you for doing that because not many women uh, just go out on their own to, to see the world. And the places mm-hmm. you've been to aren't like, you, where did you go just this year? You've been to. Oh, uh, just, just this year. I went to Portugal. Of course I went to Barcelona in Spain and I went to France and I went to Greece not long ago. So I think I'm, I'm doing a little, I'm a, a little bit into the whole European thing this year. Um, because I remember the last time I went to Europe was only with you. I mean, like right. was with you. And that was, that was a long time ago. That was like, I want to say seven years ago. So I was just like, yeah, I've not been to Europe in that entire span of time. So I was just like, mm. but now it's of course, like I'll probably cover a lot more of Europe now that, you know, I can and stuff, but yeah. Definitely. I don't know what it is, but traveling is just, I feel like it's a good outlet when, I don't know, it's a good escape. And it's not like you're doing any, I mean, like, it's just, it's it's so nice to be exposed to a very different environment. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I was not like this back in the day. I mean, like, I was, I was satisfied with traveling back to one of my home countries every year, every other year. Like, that was, the, that was very... Yeah, I was not as adventurous as I was. You caught the bug, but what I, happened? I caught the bug and I caught it bad. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. Like when I was younger, my parents didn't really want me to travel alone. They're mm. like, you go with a friend. Yeah. It's because you're, you look young, you know, you look, you're very petite. Okay. Um, you know, people can take advantage of you. It was fine for my brothers. This is something like I did not disagree on. It was like a, it's double standards. Absolutely. Like they were like, they're boys. They can do whatever they want. They can take care of themselves. And I was just like, why can't a girl do it? And they're like, no, 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 no. You go with a friend and that's that. And the only reason I was allowed to travel by myself the first time was because I already bought the ticket. I told my mom it's done. Like, I'm not going to ask for a refund because he said no. And I don't know why I didn't do that sooner. Honestly, because since uh, then my mom's like, okay, fine. Make sure that the trip is just one week or something and you come back. Like, I don't want you to go for such a long period. And then I think ever since then, my parents kind of got this idea that I was fine, perfectly fine traveling by myself. Yeah, exactly. 
I've been doing that ever since. And like, whenever I just tell them, oh, I'm going here this month, they're just like, okay, cool. It's come to that point where they just, they're like, yeah, you're, you're fine. You can do it. Like they're not questioning me anymore. It's really crazy. Cause now like, I feel like we switched cause now I'm becoming such a homebody. And whenever I see <laughs> you, I'm like, where are you getting? And it's like, oh, <laughs> this thing, this thing, guy, she sends me a message out of nowhere. Greetings from, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> full of surprises. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. If you were a food, what would you be? Hmm. If I was a food, I think I would be, I would make a good dessert though. I mean, like not in <laughs> bad, uh, in that kind of sense, but I think I would be like a good cheesecake. I would say. Oh, you are a little bit of a softie like that. Yeah. 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 I think a good, I think I could be a cheesecake if I was to describe myself as a food. Yeah. I'd be a cheesecake. What get- about you? What about you? What did you, what did you say you were as a food? Easily like a chocolate cake, a moist chocolate cake. Oh, I, I, I can totally <laughs> see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. You and I would be in the dessert table. Then. Oh, we would be on the life. dessert table for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone wants a bite, you know? <laughs> can you imagine us, yeah, like, yeah. as food? We're going to be like smiling. Me, 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 Pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last question. Mm-hmm. Where is home for you? I would say only because I've lived here my whole life and I was born and raised here. Dubai is home. Okay. Dubai is home. Yeah. My family's here. You know, I work here. My closest friends are here. Yeah, my whole life is here. So I would have to say Dubai is home. I mean, like, as much as I love the Philippines and India, I think I would, I would say this is still home to me. Hmm. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised with your answer. If, if I, if I think about it as well, like a lot of us would consider Dubai home because Mm -hmm. it has so much history. Family wise, our, our own personal stories Mm -hmm. that desert hold hold so much history for us so i i, so I see that it's home well, i mean like i met you here so yeah I mean, we didn't like, have a choice <laughs> we went, <laughs> yeah. we went right. to the same class same school yeah <laughs> well i mean i've asked all the questions i could ask but if there was anything that i missed out was there any question do you think i should have asked you Oh, not at all. You have like covered your bases with me completely. Like, <laughs> I mean, like I, I'm intrigued by some of the questions you did ask and I thought they were great questions. So no, I don't think I have, I, I mean, like, I don't think there's anything you missed out on. <laughs> well, I, it was really a pleasure to have you on my, on my show. I've been wanting you to have, to be in my show simply because, well, because you're my bestie. Okay. Guys, she's my bestie. Don't steal him. <laughs> Shout it out. <laughs> Let the um, world know. <laughs> she's like my number one hype woman, honestly. Like if I'm sad, oh, she'd be absolutely. Like, you look so nice. Okay. If, if, if there was anybody I would have invited in my show, one of them would be like you were top on the top on the list because of your ethnicity, of your background, of the the, the actual travel documentation you have is is a real talking point that I'd want to share with folks who haven't heard a situation like this before, you know? Mm-hmm. Where I, I think a lot of 
I don't know if I mentioned this to you. I probably did. In the future, our kids' generation, I don't think a lot of them would be... I wouldn't say that that way. I think there will be a lot more halfies in the future kids to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, we're going to populate the world. (laughs) Like, we will... Yeah, yeah, I see that. Definitely, we're we're in a generation now where people will fly across the country to meet someone, you know, like, and to be with them, regardless of race, it's, it's perfect, because it's how it should be like, people should meet people, doesn't matter where they're from, like, you're still gonna mixed kids are the cutest things, you know, I'd have to say that you are, they really are. If so we need it. to see more of those. Yeah, we need to see more of those in the world. So yeah, it's times have changed. We should post a photo of your baby Fisher for them to understand. She is the cutest <laughs> little thing. I thought it was oh, like you. the roundest ball, but then you came, I saw your picture when we were in elementary where we had to bring like uh, our kids, uh, our baby pictures, and I'm like, someone's bigger than me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, let's end this on a high note. Well, we did end this on a high note. So thank you so yeah, much for did. coming on my show. No, really, thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time. I'm sorry it took this long. I know we this should have been done way in advance, but I'm so happy we did this, and I'm I'm really happy to be part of this podcast. And I would tell everyone, please listen to her. She has so much to say. She has mm-hmm. so much about her life to share, and she's got a great life, and she's got. She's got the biggest heart. So people, please tune in for the Pariah Peaks, okay? I must say, she's great. You have to give it a chance. She's like the greatest type woman. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much again for having me. Have a great day. Stories are powerful, and more so when they represent and connect the narrative of many who lived through it. Thank you for listening to The Pariah Peaks, a platform for Asian immigrants to share their lives, woes, and wins. If you enjoyed listening, follow and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, and Google Podcast. Catch you in the next episode!